you know the best, don't you? Yeah, it's easy to do it yourself. Right, are we ready? Let's get into it. I've just got our outro. Oh, <laughs> outtake. No. <laughs> Welcome to episode three of the Comfortably Dumb podcast with... Lewis. George. And OJ. This week, or I suppose last week, we need to apologise, or the last two episodes, there may have been some static noise or buzzing noise. We've literally spent, just spent about... An 40. hour, an hour and a half. <laughs> yeah, trying to fix it. We are, we haven't solved the, I guess, the actual issue, but we've created a remedy via software. We can um, fix it in post. A temporary yeah. remedy, hopefully. Yeah, and then I think we'll try and troubleshoot it next week or in the coming weeks, the actual issue. It's hard work because none of us are professionals, yeah. are we? Yeah, there's any no. fucking sound engineers out there, please can you tell us why we've got static noise coming through our microphones i'd like to apologize in advance for this episode because a couple of us have had a couple of beers we yeah. might have been on a little bit of a sunday session yeah. with lewis yeah. has watched two football games today one premier league and one local which is insane considering he hates football yeah he fucking hates football lewis apologizes now <laughs> <laughs> and uh just went for the social you know no it's yeah. been a good day it's been a proper a proper good Sunday, we're doing a lot. To be fair, in all honesty, OJ, actually, I don't like football at all, but I was watching it, and I was with another friend of ours, and I was saying to him, I don't I don't support any of these teams. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't like football. But, I don't give a shit. But uh, it sounds bad, but watching good football, I was naturally like saying things out loud. Mm. You know, when they were like tackling and this, that, and the other. You know, when I was like, come on, go on, no, no. You know, yeah, that's, a, that's, just, that's just like sports. That's any sports, isn't it? That's like... Or do you think that's because of the beers? Well, no. So I only had one beer at the start of it, you know. Well, fuck me. I think you had two or three by the time <laughs> yeah, well, well, you one mate had one. Start. <laughs> yeah, I, I, drink, I drink one. I drink two to my friend drinking one. Yeah, you were drinking like a fish. And I paid £3 for entry and all I wanted to do was have a beer. <laughs> <laughs> but you're not, you're not that bad. But, you know... There may be some drunken chat or anything like that. It might be good content. Yeah. Anyway, we're um, st- well, we're not stuck on topics. I have a list of topics, and I always bring my topics to the table. So I've asked George and Lewis to bring topics. George so far has thought of fuck all. Well, I have topics, but I just think they're a bit. <sighs> they're heavy? not very lighthearted. They're heavy. I think last podcast. I, the direction I wanted to take it in was... Well, it got heavy. a bit deep. Yeah, it got heavy. And I don't think we went deep enough, though. No, we didn't. That was my deep, frustration. Yeah. yeah, Very, very easily done. My brother said that afterwards he listens to Deja Vu again. Because he'd heard it before. You know, and I'd been... When, when you're drunk, you try and show people music and they're listening. But they're not really listening because 20 seconds in, you, you know, you, you're chatting still, aren't you? And he said that it hit him different after listening to what I said about it. Shit, really? Relatable, mate. Hopefully that's, that, but, you get that for the listeners yeah, as well. Just uh, on, a, on a quick note, this is going to be probably a bit of a stupid thing I say. <laughs> so bear with me. I'm looking forward to this. So, you know, you, you know your star sign? <laughs> <laughs> bear, bear with me. Yeah. So you, you, read, you read your star sign. Mm. Yeah, it says blah, 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 and you're like, oh my God, yeah, that's actually like relating to me. It's because you're making it relate to you mm. because you've had a few life events go on, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Well, do you but, think that's the same with songs? 
Do you think that you make them relate to you or they do relate to you? Ooh, actually, Lish, you've come in with uh, a hot topic there. Uh, OJ. I was about to berate you. OJ's got his hand at Logger School. Yeah, I know George wants to talk as well. No, I no, just... I just want to make a little joke. You <laughs> carry on, boy. I just want to make a point. I, I disagree with that. I think star signs are deliberately broad topics that could relate to anyone. Like, you could be any star sign, and then when you read your own one, you think, yeah, that fits me well. Probably fits every other star sign as well. <laughs> Whereas a song is a bit lot more specific. What Eminem's rapping about in Deja Vu yeah. is very specific and not actually it's specific to a certain crowd and not general. Agreed, agreed. It can alter moods and talk to you, but can it load a gun up for you and cock it too? Definitely. A lot of people just, you know, make things relate. Interesting so- songs are very different to star signs, I won't I won't log. It is an I do take your point, point though. though. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, someone said to me the other day, like, we were talking, they were talking about star signs. What star sign are you? I said, I'm Scorpio. And they said, but are you actually a Scorpio? Because they've remapped the stars or something with more precision. And apparently everyone's star sign has like shifted slightly. And I thought, that's bollocks. I think, oh, I don't know if I believe in star signs or not, but... <laughs> Nah. I want to. I think it's cool, but yeah, I, mate. I spoke to someone somewhere the other day. You know what I mean? Chatting away about my life, etc., etc. Blah blah blah. And they were like, "Oh, that's because you're a you're a Sagittarius, and they're a that." Mm. And they were like, you know, "I was thinking, how how can you make presumptions on my life and someone else's life over my star signs?" You know? know, like oh, you know, you, you're doing this, that, and the other because you're this. I'm like. No, it just doesn't work like that. Yeah, like, I'm a Scorpio as well. Take my money, Gypsy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a Scorpio. <laughs> I'm a Scorpio yeah, as well as George. And actually, our birthday is actually two days apart. Yeah. But, and I don't believe in star signs for for the reason I just said a minute ago. They're They're so general that they can apply to everyone. However, I like the idea of believing in it because... I do think I am like a Scorpio. Mm, yeah. Although, I mean, someone who might be cancer probably is also a Scorpio as well. But I identify it, but that's what I'm trying to yeah, say. Yeah. What, what's, that, what, even though I don't believe in it. What's the Scorpio animal? Is it a scorpion? Yeah. Yeah. What, They've got what? a sting in their tail? Yeah, you've got yeah, a sting yeah. in their tail. Long fuse. I yeah. guess Scorpio, yeah, I always thought, well, Scorpio is probably the coolest one. Taurus is, I guess, is also pretty cool. It must be Pisces. I'm pretty sure that's the fish one, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's not very cool. I guess it's also Bit like hippie. Chinese New Year's, you know, like... You yeah, what well, might a rat or a pig or something? rat, I think, or the pig. You want to be born in the year of the dragon or the wolf. Year of the boar. But what I will say is a lot of girls believe in horoscopes. And I've had some look on Tinder in the past when people being like, oh, you're a Scorpio. That suits me. I'm like, all right, wicked. Just my date of birth has got me in. Happy days. <laughs> That was a few years ago. Nowadays, not so much. I also think, a bit like OJ, you're saying um, about you want it to be real. And Lewis, you're saying that people are trying to dissect your life based on your star sign. I think it's that difference between I'll see it and I'll believe it between I'll believe it when I see it. Like, if you believe that that's how the world operates, that's what you're going to see. It's like ghosts, mate. It's a perspective, isn't it? Yes. And ghosts exactly like that. Um, if you believe in ghosts, you're more susceptible to seeing it. So, uh, you know, I believe it when I see it. it I guess is more pessimistic. But I'll see it when I believe it. It's more optimistic on it. 
The listeners can't see you, but I'm trying to be a director here because we, we need to stop putting in as much. I'll just try to stop Lewis then. And cool. then I just want to explain. When George finishes his point then, you could just say your point now. I don't have a point. <laughs> I just, just want to talk we need, about We need a girl over there with big cue cards yeah. saying laugh, talk, yeah. Uh, yeah. stop heavy breathing. Into it's just that. like you're in a really good point and it was about to be cut short. And I was like, don't cut it short. Just, just let him finish. I'll tell you what, but when I listen to these podcasts back, George has a natural gift on here. Yeah, he's very articulate. <sighs> yeah, articulating massively. Yeah. It's uh, interesting to listen. I to. spend yeah. all my time talking to people, though my job is ten percent pouring beers, ninety percent talking to people. Yes, and naturally you have to have. When new people start, I say to them, "Look, the pouring drinks is easy, working the till is easy, but chance people is the hard part." Because you're not going to be interested in everybody's story. First of all, you've got to feign interest. Sometimes you've got to laugh, but then naturally you're not feigning or faking it. You just become more open-minded and so when people are talking to you and telling you their story instead of being like yeah yeah whatever you whatever you, you just crack on with it i was saying it when i went at tesco's mate in customer service i do you know i like talking to people mm. i got on quite well i got employee of the month one month however some people it must have been down to diversity something like that yeah <laughs> <laughs> I got I got them with everyone like I do like you guys know me I'm a very sociable guy you can mm. put me in a room full of people and you probably gar- know about half of them already. I know half of them or I'm guaranteed to go off and chat aren't I yeah you know like so when I went to Tesco's I, I like talking to people don't get me wrong I like helping people but like you get a couple of customers they weren't they didn't you know what I mean they didn't come out of their houses that day to be out their way to be miserable mm. and make your life hard but. Honestly, the the manners, the la- the lack of manners was shocking. Miserable. Yeah. Basically, I lost I lost a man's club card at Tesco's. Right, he put it on the he put it on the conveyor belt on the till, <laughs> so the till was obviously rolling <laughs> forwards, bringing his shopping up. He put it flat on the conveyor belt. He went straight round the conveyor belt, and I used to have a little tray I could pull out to get you know shit out of it. It weren't there, so I said to him, you know, I'll give him his receipt. I was like. You know, I'm sorry, your club card's gone. There's a receipt. You can put the, you know, you put your points on your card after this transaction. I was like, you know, you need to go go home and find your card number. Mm. Mate, he just looked to me like a piece of shit. Well, he had <sighs> lost all of his stuff, and I bet he'd have been pissed off if he knew that a week later you took us all out to Pizza Express with all these club card voucher points. <laughs> <laughs> That's a joke, he did. <laughs> He was extremely pissed off for me, but you know, obviously I'm not in that position to say. But afterwards, I thought, like, why the fuck would you put your club card on a conveyor belt? Yeah, it's dumb. It all comes down to patience. People say to me, well, very often at work, I get sent out if there's an irate customer because they say I'm diplomatic. I don't know if it's necessary that I am diplomatic, but I just have more patience instead of flying off at them straight away. You just let him get the, get it out instead of taking it personally. You just diffuse the situation. So, I don't know, maybe that lends it to a podcast. I don't know. You have to give, you have to give people a chance. You yeah, know what I mean? you do. And a lot of people are miserable, and I think there are some people that have this tough exterior that you just... After a while, you just chip, chip, chip away, and eventually you become friends. At Tesco's, I was in no position to be chucking anyone out of the store. You know yeah. what I mean? If they were miserable, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, it was, lo- it was a local store... 
a lot of local people used to excuse come Excuse me, there. officer. And, uh, <laughs> excuse you. And he always used to come to my till. But, you know, codes and rules say, oh, no, you can't serve friends and family, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. You know what I mean? But people would come to my till who AI knew and cus- regular customers who I didn't know. Mm. Or, you know, I knew them in the shop. I, I, I recognised their faces. They, they'd come to my till because they knew I was a nice lad and I, I would talk to them. They my... knew that they were going to get an extra tenner from you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in the change. I, yeah, I, get I a helped, discount. Yeah. <laughs> I, I helped old ladies out with their baggage. You're a hero, mate. It's a car. You know, I'd have an, an old lady, old man, except, so, do you need help with your shopping to your car? They'd be like, oh, yes, please. So I'd call my manager on a buzzer, and he'd come over, and I'd say, oh, yeah, I'm just going to help this customer out to the car. You know, and the manager would look at you a bit disgruntled, like, I'm like, you know, that's part of our job. You know, you're like, all right, just hurry up. <laughs> I was like, you know, it takes as much time as it does at the end of the day. It's customer service, it's going to I'll tell you what, mate, it, it's, a nice, it's a nice feeling people I've had, mm. I've had like you know mm. the older people cross the road you're a hero mate man, man has cost nothing mate I do agree with you though George that is good customer service but then is it also bad customer service in that the fact that now it, that he's one tilled down if I was in the line queuing yeah and some asshole was not some asshole <laughs> some right. guy some guy <laughs> oh, went to help some fucking yeah. old lady oh out. yeah and now and now i'm fucking late where i've got to go <clears throat> well i guess there is this disparity between the people on the front lines and the people up top like i guess you can think of it in context of like a war i suppose the bloke on the back in the back the generals you know he's not there boots on the ground in the mud having bullets fired at him so yeah. for him he's just seeing it more like statistics whereas an example in my time there was this old lady who was sat on a bench and she fell off the back of the bench and smashed her head open it's fucking so much blood man and you went in a handbag and robbed a purse <laughs> <laughs> no i did not rob her purse i saw it happen and I, I was friendly with these people because i like to build up a rapport you know if i just think i'm friends with anyone so anyway this lady fell off the back she smashed her head on a mooring which is trauma- traumatic for anybody to happen but you know as an older lady you know it's amplified by by the age so there's people kind of stood around doing nothing, you know, her partner's freaking out, the other people she's with are freaking out, one of them's in a wheelchair, they're all old as well. So I went over there, this is before I was a manager or anything, I was just one of the grunts on the front line, and I went over and I was like, whoa, what's going on? And she was there like lying on the floor, so I got her up, and I was like, got some stuff to compress the wound, and I just held her, and to and just was talking to her, just trying to have a normal conversation with That's her quite someone else. That's well, quite romantic. You know what I mean? You don't want people to go into shock. It's like the button also, George. <laughs> but Sorry, George. I, George, should should have you sat her up or should have you put her in the recovery position? No, because she needed... The last thing the, this old lady needed to how, do was lying on the floor how, in a weird how do, position. How do you know what she needed? You're not a doctor. No, I'm not a doctor. Okay. Anyway, so I held her and I stopped the blood while someone called for an ambulance. The ambulance took like an hour. One of the other girls at the pub came over like an accident book like, oh, can you sign this? Can you sign this? I was like, this is now not the fucking time. This woman's bleeding. I'm covered in blood. Fucking blood all over me. The ambulance took like an hour, 45 minutes to come. Anyway, they got her in. The ambulance crew thanked me for what I did, actually. They said I did the right thing. Her partner was over the moon with my performance. 
And I went, I went back into the bar, and the rest of the people working were like, "Where the fuck have you been for the last hour? It's been so busy." Uh, I was, and I just showed him my hands. I was like, "I'm fucking covered in blood. What the fuck do you think I'm uh, doing I out there?" I was expecting a round of applause and champagne. Yeah, I come in. I wanted a goddamn hero's welcome. And what <laughs> did I get? I got a fucking talent off. And that's because, from their perspective, I was yes. not a medic. I was there to pour beers and collect glasses. But that's the difference. All right, between some people, like like you just said, that lady fell off the bench and hit her head. Some people there just watching. There's a hundred other people they, in that garden. They were just watching. Yeah, yeah, fucking eight people. Ex- exactly, exactly. That's the same as in the gym. Did I tell you when a guy started fitting in the gym? I would say. Oh shit! Yeah. And everybody, <clears throat> it was like yours. Not not like yours. Sorry, the guy was fitting. And <laughs> one guy was running, and I thought, fucking out. What's he fucking? Has he lost something? Mm. I turned around. The guy's fucking fallen off a bike with his legs still in the bike, fitting. What mm. strapped in? Yeah. Oh. Everybody else just ignoring it. I was like, yeah. fucking out. This man's fucking fitting. So I obviously unclamped him from the thing, then uh, from the bike, and then called the. Emergency services. Staff, no, the staff, yeah, oh. and then called the emergency services. But like you were saying, Lou, I just thought, thought fucking hell, you're a bunch of dickheads who've just, you know, stood there, looked, and then, like, just carried on as normal. Yeah. It's like some guy's fucking what? fitting. And, hold on, it's like your story, your Indiana Jones story. Yes, I was just about to uh, explain well, yeah. shall, I, shall I explain it? Tell us a story. Tell us your Indiana Jones we've, story. We've all got, you know what I mean? We've all got a story about people... At work, so I was at work driving a dump truck. For people who don't know, out there, it's a big, massive six-wheel dump truck that weighs fifty tons. So that <laughs> that that is my line of work. So I was on, I was on a job somewhere. I just like reversed up to tip off a load, and I, I look. That's a polite way of going for a shit. Yeah. <laughs> the poor guy. I look. I, I look across the site, and I can see a lad I've been working with coming up alongside me. And he's bouncing around in the cab. Right. Bouncing? God, yes. Fitting. God's honest truth, I thought he was just being a, an idiot, having a crack, you know what I mean? Like, it soon divulged into that he was having a full-blown fit. And he was heading towards a digger. And so the digger driver was beeping, beeping, beeping his horn. And I could see what was happening. And the digger driver... Like he, he wouldn't he wouldn't stop the dump truck with his digger bucket because it was a a brand new dump truck and b it would have made a mess or it could you know what I mean it could have pushed the dump truck off course. So I I jumped out of my dumper. It's you know it's three or four steps high, sprinted across the site in front of his dump truck. It's fifty tons loaded. It's ten times the size of me and it's it, it's about to hit the digger. So you've got you know you've got a gap. It's like running up an alleyway, a closing alleyway. Mm. I just managed to get through. The dump truck hit me on the hip. It didn't knock me over. Then I scrambled up into his cab, opened the door, and there's your man having a fit. His eyes are rolled back in his head. He's frothing from the mouth. I hit the emergency stop button, and the dump truck had just gone off a little a little lip in the ground. like It went on off-level ground on a bit of a lip. So the dump truck did like it tilted. So I'm stood up in, in it cab. No seat bound, I think. So I'm fucking like slammed across to the cab. Luckily, I was stood up my back against something solid. And I'm holding him now. I've stopped it. And he's he's fitting and like shaking and doing whatever. He, he threw up down my T-shirt. Uh, I held him and held him and held him. It was quite scary, mate. So that's the first I've ever seen of that. And then, he, you know, he, he come round and he, and he was okay. You know, and I went, 
explain to him, etc., etc. Yeah, he come he come round. I was like, right, you've just had a fit and you've driven about a hundred and fifty yards across this great big construction site with no clue. And he was like, no, I haven't. No, I haven't. I was like, you have, mate. He was like, you know, protesting, protesting. I said to him, it, it happened before, apparently, in when he was working there. I said to him, no, I'm really sorry, but I've had to call the ambulance. And he, he jumped out. He jumped out. I said to him, stay in the dump truck. I got down, blah, blah, blah. And it, next thing you know, he's outside having a fag. <laughs> All in a day's work, boys. You know, it's in, it was last year when we was having a big heat wave, you know, and he was outside having a fag, blah, blah, blah. I said to him, like, the ambulance come in, and he had to go off. And that, that was the end of his career. Yeah. Because he'd had one before, mm. and he had to go to the doctors, and they said he was okay, but then it happened again. And do you know what? The managers come around, the site managers, they didn't, they didn't give me a pat on the back or fuck all. They just said, oh, cheers, mate. Back, I, I guess the back, real... Back to work. The you real question I mean? is, though, like, when you jumped out of your dumper and you ran over to his and your hat fell off and it was about to be crushed by the other dumper did you get it in time like indiana jones no i did not <laughs> fucking hell what, my, i'll tell you what my friend was working on the site so he will vouch for me this we're not going to fact check you we believe you yeah i stopped that lad smashing like a hundred uh, no quarter of a million pounds of equipment yeah so you basically and, saved, and saved his life nearly. yeah you saved his life which is it's an epic story what i want to ask you is when I saw this guy fitting in the gym, I looked at him and thought, oh, it's fine. He's not dying. He's just mm. fitting. But then his lips went purple and he went pale. And I thought, fuck me, he's actually dying. Mm, yeah. Did you think that when you saw your man like fitted, yeah. you think, fuck me, he's, he's dying in front of me. He, he, his face, tell you what, actually, very similar, Roger. His face went dead pale. His lips went blue and I could hear him choking. Yeah, convulsing, yeah. So he was, he was frothing. From the mouth, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But I can hear him. Yeah, like oh. you think they're dying. Like yes. you know they're fitting. You think, oh, well, it's fine. Mate, I was like, fuck you. He, he sat up in a seat. I was like, he's fucking joking on his tongue. Yeah, I, I thought that. I grabbed his head and like pulled it over and held it up. Basically paralyzed him. Well, yeah. No, I'm joking. Wow, well, I didn't know what. I, 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 I <laughs> no, he's only fitting. It's not like he's had an yeah, accident. I couldn't lie him on the floor or nothing. I mean, he nah. was fitting. He was sat in a seat, admittedly lifting his head up before he made his tongue drop into his mouth, back of his throat. But I tried to hold, you know, just tried to hold his airway clear. Yeah. So if he needed to fucking cough anything up, he could have done. And to be fair, haven't you done first aid training before then, like young firefighters? Or yeah, something? I have. Yeah, and better. what the most scary part is, he was a young lad like me. Yeah, well, people have this guy at the gym. He he was newly epileptic by the sounds of it. He had someone else was with him, someone else in the gym, and then she came over like, oh, he's only just been diagnosed and the upsetting thing is that'll be the end of that man that young man's career well i think it depends on it being the end of his life it, it does it does it depend de if if you don't have an epileptic fit for i think it's is it four or five years or three years you're then cleared you're able to drive again drive a car yeah i don't I, know about going on a construction yeah site not nor do i nor do i but yeah it was uh certainly an eye-opener mate yeah, it's pretty mad. It's it's my thing to see. I've never seen someone die in front of me in my life. I've never seen someone mm. be seriously injured in front of me. To see someone fitting, it's like, well, like I said, for the start, for start, it was like, oh, that's fine. It's just fitting. Then when he was when he <laughs> when his lips were going purple and he was really pale, I thought, fuck me, this bloke's dying. Yeah. And then 
And I don't realise how much you panic when you... I've never called, had to call 999 in my life. Yeah. And I don't, you don't realise how much you panic in the moment. And so I was calling them. And then they were like, can you tell us where you are? And I told them the gym I was at. Mm. And they were like, do you have a postcode? I was like, no, I don't have a postcode. I don't, I'm at a gym. Like, I don't know the postcode of my gym. I was like, it's so-and-so gym here. And they're like, no, 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 we need a postcode. And they're like, oh, no, we'll put you, we'll put you through onto a different line a specialist what i didn't have in my mind is i didn't realize it's probably like a national call center or yeah, <laughs> i didn't realize they weren't local area. so they wouldn't know like if i named the gym where it what it is yeah this is the problem man especially when you're out in the sticks like despite the fact that you guys just took the piss out of my life saving story you know when you live in a rural area the ambulances take a long time and so as you're watching blood seep out of the back of somebody's skull, you're thinking, fuck, I need a professional here. Like, I am a barman, I'm not a medic. I've got blue fucking roll on my hands trying to stop the bleeding. And be trying to stay calm for their sakes, everyone's freaking out, you know? And But I think you step up to the moment, don't you? Like, once you're in that moment, you've committed and something kicks in. It's like, I guess, when women see their kids trapped under a car or whatever, they go lift car up you do or die and when it's someone else dying you think fuck like better try my best better try my hardest yeah and i think panicking as everybody probably know doesn't help like it's just gonna make you lose control or not see clearly yeah and there's nothing so you... worse than seeing someone else panic when you're panicking exactly so the Anyone best thing is not to panic. Acid will know. <laughs> as I found out one time. And uh, have a clear mind when whilst well, so you just fuck it up, like do something stupid. It's very it's very easy to panic, admittedly. It is, yeah. Got like, got all the adrenaline going through your body. Like, mm. Well, when when that happened where I was working, they talk about the fight or flight reaction, don't they? Yeah. I I've never I can honestly say I've never experienced that, you know. I've never I've never been in a confrontation where I've been like, right, I've got a fight or I've got to, I've got to run away. Mm. So, literally at work, when I, was, when I clocked on what was happening, that was it. I was in uh, like fight mode. Mm. Straight straight across to help him. I didn't run away. It, it made, it just didn't, I didn't think about anything I was doing. Yeah. You know what I mean? The, 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 the danger I put myself in, not squeezing between a, a great big machine and another machine, it could have turned me into like a fucking pate, you know what mm. I mean? Do you know what? I think maybe at school cross country, the PE teachers should have had someone have an epileptic fit so you would do some running loop. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Instead of just telling them to fuck off, are you going to go to old call yeah. and take a punishment? Yeah. I'm the most unfit person, but literally in that event, I was I was straight across, no bother, ran across, helped him out. <laughs> yeah. And, well, you got to. You got to. There, there are too many people who first instinct is to pull out their phone. I see videos all the time of things happening. I saw a crazy video the other day of two people in the street fighting or about to fight. Everyone's just walking past. The people that stop aren't... I suppose you, you don't always necessarily want to get involved, but world everyone gets, their, yeah, world star, everyone gets star, their, star. their phone out. And then this fella's girlfriend tries to intervene and the guy pushes her and then you can see for a brief second... 
shit, I should have pushed her because she's just fallen over. And out of nowhere, as soon as all these people saw that a girl just got hit, a guy fucking runs through and punches him to the floor. Fucking white knights. Yeah, yeah, white knights, exactly. Two other blokes come in and start beating the shit out of him. And then the guy's fucking dead, like, not dead on the floor. He looked dead. He was fucking not moving. He just had his head literally kicked into the pavement. The guy who's filming it doesn't even flinch like it's normal and he's probably thinking oh this is going to give me so much calm yeah but George and I must say I've been in fights before there's nothing glorious about it and I always think about a line from Shakespeare of these violent delights have violent ends and I think some people jump to violence or escalate to violence way too quickly the thing is Fighting for me, it's just very primitive. Like it's not too dissimilar to watching a boxing match. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, it's you know evolutionary. Any every animal, well, a lot of animals in the animal kingdom fight. Humans fight. Just yeah. what it is. Yeah, I'm not like sadomist or whatever you want to call it. Sadist. Sadist. <laughs> sadomist. I don't know what actually. <laughs> They're quite sad. sad. All I, the time, I've, I've been out on a night out. <laughs> and, uh, near you didn't let me finish my point. Bleep that. I'm sorry. <laughs> Joe, do I finish it? No, you can't. You've been I've been, been out in X place. I've been out in X place uh, on a night out. I've come out of a club walking down the street. Uh, I met a lad and a girl. This lad's fucking pissing out blood. I don't know why. I don't know. I don't know why. <laughs> but obviously pissed. I approached him. I was, you know, everyone, <laughs> everyone's in a great state of panic. This lad's just like his fucking head kicked in. Mm. We've been smashed. Uh, I'm like, I'm a doctor, I'm a doctor. They're like, are you really, really, really? I was like, yeah, I'm a student nurse. <laughs> student so you've gone from being a doctor to a student oh, nurse. Yeah, I, Hi, I'm Dr. I, Nick. God's, one, one of the things I approached him was like, you know, oh, can I please have, take a look at your head, blah, blah. He's, he he was bleeding. Uh, sorry, what, in all fairness, like, his girlfriend, I think, was there, panicking like mad, going off her head. He, he was worried. It weren't, it weren't bad. Mm. It was not a bad wound it, he was bleeding but he was okay and i just you know i said to him i was like oh you know i thought that just probably needs a couple of butterfly stitches no problem <laughs> and they, they all they all thank they all thank me massively they all thank me massively i, I suppose you did calm the situation yeah they did it was bullshit and then i walked down the road and i bumped into a gang of rough looking lads who i knew one or two of you know, chatting to them got chatting to me i thought oh yeah we just fucking smashed this guy up up the road i was like Oh yeah, fair play to you. <laughs> that was a lad I was just been dealt with. You know what I mean? These lads are just beating up his other lad. Yeah. I was like, fucking hell. Mm, I, I don't know, man. I think uh, I don't I, think I've never been the aggressive type when no, we've, we've been out. Yeah, I'll walk away from it. Oh, Joe, why are you raising your eyebrows at me? I think in certain situations, I would be, be if I had to be. I, I've been. It depends on. It depends on the situation. I've been started on a nightclub. I tell you, I got started on a nightclub for wearing the same. Oh, I had a t-shirt on, and some lad approached me. And said, he had the same t-shirt on. He's like, "What the fuck's that?" Did he turn to fuck off? He's like, "What the fuck's that?" I was like, "It's a t-shirt." I was like, "It's real." He walked the other way. You know what I mean? He could have gone a completely other way. I think because he's looking for a fight. A lot of people got a lot to prove. I think I'll always think about that story about that lad in our local town who got punched. Headbutted the curb and died. Yeah, there's loads of stories like that, mate. That's that's what like my biggest reason for not fighting. Like, <clears throat> it's never worth it. It's never worth it in the yeah. end. But this one, so this one, man. I don't care who anybody who's like into. I know we know people who like yeah, like yeah, scrapping. Yeah, yeah, blah, 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 blah. 
And I tell you what, there's, they can't tell me the next day they're not paranoid off their head that the person's got a bleed on the brain. Mm, They've yeah. hit someone, knocked oh, someone out, and they killed. died. Yeah, manslaughter. Yeah. You got sent oh, down all for what? Man. All for a little fucking fight when it, you're just like yeah. walks away. It does take a bigger man to walk away, and I will, I will say that I am a massive pacifist. Right? I don't, I don't like fighting, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But Lewis is a pacifist in the same respect that Will Smith says he's a pacifist. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, nah, Lewis is not But you've de- you've you've definitely yeah. you've never hit someone, but you've definitely no. like could have thrown like, someone. I'll give you like when I was at school and teachers used to go off at me. I used to get a big buzz. I used to love going off at the teachers at work or you know working people fucking arguing with people. It, it gives me a buzz, mate. So right, so so the people who fight who are like life scrapping, that's the same thing. Like they're looking for the adrenaline rush of yeah. fighting. Yeah, I so personally, I don't think I'd have that. Because, like, if I have an argument with someone, you know, people are like, be careful what you say, be careful what you do. I'm like, no, that's all out the window. I'm doing this, this, that, and the other. So I've always thought if I got in a scrap with someone and it got nasty, nasty, I wouldn't stop until I'd not won, but until I'd done something silly. So, you know, if I was having a fight with a lad, blah, blah, blah. And I got on top of him and started absolutely smashing his face until he couldn't see or breathe. You know what I mean? I've, I've always thought that would be me. So yeah, it will be. That's what. That's what. <clears> it's that's easier what the moment does. to indulge in the violence. I see. I see red. I've never been a violent person. I don't know how many fights I fought at primary school? Do you remember OJ? Wow, that wasn't really a fight. I, I had a fight down the local park. I've never These been. weren't fights, though, were they? Like no. In primary school, you like lightly punched. You didn't really aggressively punch someone. You punched someone in the chest. Mate, it was a fight down the park. I'm telling you. <laughs> oh, we're, yeah. You made that guy cry. But I swear you just strangled yeah, I him. I strangled him. So he went blue. Yeah, but you didn't like knock him out or no or anything. No. This, I would call it a proper fight. A proper fight. I'm like meaning like punches are flying. You've been mm, punching. No, you. I, don't, I don't do any of that. But what I'm saying is that you know when you said I get a buzz off. I guess conflict, but verbal conflict. Yeah. That is the same buzz that some people get from fighting. And that's why they look for fights because they're mm. not looking for the actual fight. They're looking for the, the thrill of it. It's the spike of adrenaline when you know that. It's like going on a roller coaster. Go it's the same thing. Yeah, it's the thrill that something bad might happen. Yeah. But I don't know, man. I don't think it's worth it. No, I don't there, think there it's worth it. There are some things worth fighting for, but nine times out of 10, almost 100%. 99% of the time if you're in a nightclub on a night out it's not worth it no there were times in Leeds when uh, the kind of clubs I would go to everyone's off their chops you know on ease no one was would fight really but there'd be a few guys in there that would look for a fight and as soon as the lights came on uh, it was almost like a bell ringing and the couple of fellas that wanted to do that would start scrapping with each other and within about, I don't know, like two to five seconds, it was really quick. All the bouncers would fucking fly in. It's always the yeah. women bouncers as well who were the, the uh, strongest. Fucking pinning up these massive dudes up against the wall. And I just, just think, why? 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 But the bouncers had been waiting for that all night because they knew it was going to happen and they're on edge and they've got this aggressive tone all the time. These and, boys go yeah. out looking for it. Yeah. But it's just, it's not worth it. If you're listening out there and you feel like you want to fight, 
I would say there's better ways to deal with that anger inside you. Like, anger is a fuel. I don't think happy people fight. Whenever I've got into scraps, it's when I've been in, in a bad place. And, you know, you, there's that outlet. But you're taking it out on somebody that doesn't deserve it. With that said, there are obviously some people that do deserve it, you know. And also, there's better thrills out there than fighting. Yeah. Safer thrills. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's yeah. better to be a fucker than a fighter. Just don't be a dick, basically. But yeah, enjoy enjoy your night out. When you go on nights out, like, and you bump into a couple of lads, you get talking to them. You know what I mean? You're having a crack with them; they, they seem great. You can soon pick up the vibe off them, mm-hmm. the way they talk, the way they act. That they they are looking for a scrap. There's a lot of camps out there. That's the problem, and Not, I think the the general yeah. consensus. Among, I don't know, I feel like this is going to derail into a whole segment for a podcast, but there are a, I don't know, I don't know if it's because of the, there's a certain subculture basically what is what I'm trying to get at. I don't know if that's influenced by things like rap and, and hip hop. I don't really think it's games and films that are violent because that obviously obviously gets a bad rap for like nerdy t- nerdy kids don't go yeah out, fucking the neckbeards at home pissing his balls normally <laughs> you know what I mean they're not fucking fighting they're at home shitting their pants normally it's the younger kids you know what I mean yeah yeah, yeah. that want want the scrap well a lot of young people have got a lot of. Well, I hate, I don't like using the word really, but I guess trauma or whatever, dealing with shit in their lives. And because at a young age, you don't have the capacity mentally or the life experience to process these things fully, they get translated into the most base emotions, which it tends to be violence and fighting. And it, But it doesn't even have to be violent. I mean, there's plenty of young people. I was the same when I was a young fella in relationships, arguing. Like, you argue about stuff, and you think that the arguing aspect of it is healthy, but it's not really healthy. Yeah. And I think people conflate, or I don't know if that's the right word, but there is there is a difference between fighting with and fighting for. And people think that these high bursts of emotions is what makes people... Uh, I, I don't really know. I don't really know how to explain I, it fully. I'm I, still a young man. I'm still growing. I'm still learning. I could talk about this personally, to be honest, in all, in all honesty. I'm not the lad to go out and go fighting with people, but, you know, when I was a, a young kid mm. starting secondary school, I had a massive drama in my life, you know, a massive family event. Mm. And well, I didn't primary school, yeah. you know, and that, it sent me off the rails effectively, and the first thing, first emotion was anger. Yeah. So I'm, you know, I misbehaved at primary school, as you two know. Then secondary school, I misbehaved, misbehaved. I didn't care. And I blame, I blamed it on the same thing every time, every time. But you know, I had counselling to talk about it. I sorted it out and realised that that wasn't. A, that wasn't the answer, and B, you can't blame everything on one thing. But when I felt like that, I felt invincible. Mm. You know, it's I, a fuel. I, it's I, a fuel, I, I'd, I'd do anything. I'd do anything and wouldn't bother me, you know. Is that because you've got nothing to lose? Because everything's so bad in the moment that the the fear of losing something doesn't matter because it can't get much worse. They say it in films. Is that the reason why or they say it in films, don't they? There's nothing more dangerous 
There's no man more dangerous than a man with nothing to lose. Yeah, because it, if you think nothing can get worse, it can't get worse. Mm. Like you're in the worst payment of your life. Mm. Fucking it up even more. Uh, you know it's not going to make much of a difference. When you when you like watch the telly, like uh, you know, police officer programs, for example, when people are getting locked up and arrested, they they stand there and they don't give a shit because a they've got nothing to lose. Mm. And B, they just don't care. You know what I mean? And they just do not care. They will dig themselves into a, a great big hole and not give a fuck until they're at the bottom of the hole. Yeah. And then... I, I've, <clears throat> I've been there, mate. Yeah, I've been there too, man. And, and I guess if we're going to use movie quotes, I'm going to drop a big one here. Anger leads to hate. And hate leads to suffering. And suffering leads to the dark side. And we might, there's a lot of people out there might be thinking, oh, fucking Star Wars. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. But you can extrapolate that out into real life. Now, when you're angry, it make, it, it is a fuel, like I mentioned a minute ago, and it, and it powers this primal urge to do bad things. But to do bad things, you have to hate. Like, there's no love involved. There's no compassion. Yeah. And then once you do those bad things, it leads to suffering of other people. Making mistakes is easy, but living with your mistakes is hard. So it's not just the suffering of the other people. It's the suffering that you are then going to feel. I mean, a lot of people who suffer from PTSD are not necessarily people that have had bad things happen to them. You can also develop PTSD from things that they have done to people. Yeah. And then you've got to go live with that. And so, especially for a young person, you know, you make these mistakes, make these mistakes, but you've got to then deal with them. And, you know, as you get older, and you see this reflected in the prison systems by, I think, on some of the few lectures I went to at university, <laughs> doing chronology, they talked about adolescents, like 14 to, to 16, they get in trouble with the law, things escalate, they're in and out of prison. But there is a significant number of people who are about the age of 27 to 29 turn their life around because they realize the error is in their way. But then they spend the whole of their yeah. life trying to change it. And I think it's also reflected in the religious religiosity of people, I suppose. I don't know if that's the right word, but the, the strongest religious people that I've ever met are people who have become religious later in their life because they've... I guess there's a hole there, and I suppose anger fills it, but it's very draining. I think so it's they feel these things with religion. You're upbringing too. Yeah, listeners out there, especially young people who are having kids, you need to realise, you really need to get it in your head, that your actions indirectly and directly shape how your kids are going to turn out. Yeah. So, you know... That's why I don't believe in um, punishment, like slapping, like, I guess... Corporate punishment, is it? Sort of. Yeah, no, I guess it's like caning and stuff at school. Corporate no, no, like as in criminals. Yeah, and... but like as in, in in the home, like oh, slapping yeah. your kid because they've been bad. Mm. Because I'm I on... think in, my mum would, my mum never did that with me. I'm on, she never... I'm on the line with this one. So number one, I think it's a way for adults to take their anger out on their children. Mm. Yeah, right. And number two, I think that teaches kids to think. Oh yeah, if you don't like something or you don't like someone's behaviour, violence is the action to correct that. Mm. And I think those kids tend to grow up violent as well because they yeah. think, oh yeah. yeah, oh so and so just called me a name. That's not that's not nice behaviour. I don't like that. So I'm going to fucking twat him, <laughs> and that's going to correct his behaviour. But that's I'll, not how society works. I will reply to that. Like when I was a kid, I got a smack bum, for example. 
yeah, n- not very pleasant, not at all. But it soon it soon stopped you from doing it again, as awful as it sounds. Does does it? I suppose. But does it though? Does it? Have you? Have you? Have has it ever stopped you making mistakes in your life? Ever strikes fear. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, but without going into detail, there there might be Uh, some things throughout your life that your parents would not approve of. Yeah, having like I'll I'll give you an example. You've never stopped doing those things because oh, my parents like. I'll give you an example. Like when I was little, like because I'm. The oldest out of three brothers, like you know, I used to fucking torment my younger brothers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and my dad told me one day, you know, knock it on the head, smack the ass, don't be a bully. And that was it then. Never, never again, mate. It's like when a dog is naughty, do you hit? Do you smack a dog? No, you're not. I always thought that that was a an actual like method of teaching a dog. But if you go to any behaviorist of yeah. dog behaviorist they'll tell you never to smack a dog never hit a dog well I'll, 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 I'll say i've got a daughter i will never hit her however if she does something naughty i will bark at her shout at her to protect her you know so like if she's going to go touch something hot i'll shout at her it might scare her a bit but it, it will stop her from doing it you know what i mean rather than some you know if you it depends what sort of person you are. If you've got a not a good child who behaves, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, you can talk, you know, gently and calm to them. If you've got a kid who's going out and smashing cars and being a yobbo, mm. they probably need a bit more something thorough. Which I also- think by that point it's too late. And if you don't mind me interjecting a second, I think there are levels to this now. I, I th- I think, and I've had it, I never got smacked really. I think I got a bit of a slap on the bum a couple of times. But I learned my lesson a bit like you're saying. And because it was such a rarity, when it was used on those occasions, you knew that you went way too far. But I think what you're getting at, OJ, and I see this all the time, like the kid does something slightly wrong. You see it in the street as well, or in a supermarket. I find it pretty disgusting. The instinct or the first uh, recourse is to really shout at them and really fucking berate the kid. But if you get berated or slapped or hit or shouted at for every little thing you do, then that kid is going to become so numb to the effect of the punishment that it's not going to work. And then those kids will probably grow up to think, okay, well, this is just how you deal with things. But I, I think a little bit here and there, maybe like I don't know, with you know dogs and stuff like that, it's difficult. I think it, I, th- I, I think, think it, that's a different kettle of fish. It could influence a child towards not liking their parent, or so. Yeah, maybe. And by by, I didn't mean corporate punishment. Corporal punishment is the word I was looking for. <laughs> yeah, corporal yeah. punishment. But what I'm trying to say is that your experiences being hit, they may have stopped you doing corrected that one behaviour, but they've never stopped you ever. They haven't made you scared enough to not do something bad ever again. I'm sure you must have done worse things. Yeah. I don't think there's, yeah. I don't, and I don't think there's, um, you know, if you dealt with it in a different way, like I never, my mum never hit me, but her, lucky you now. Her, <laughs> <laughs> her facial expression. Yes, that was enough. Ooh. Is enough. Yeah, yeah. I think sometimes it's enough for your parents to just, I guess, give you a facial expression. You a I'm not angry, I'm very disappointed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
to just yeah. give you because you want to your parents to be proud of you and you want to be I guess that good child yeah the thing is well you know and also I think it also depends on personality of it's how they're kids. brought up to oh yeah definitely. some some kids definitely. are just naughty kids do you know what i mean they are and oh. I, I guess what you, you're getting at then like if we try to i don't know i don't know what i'm looking for but try and attach this to some sort of scientific research out there to analogize this uh pavlov dog where he rings the bell when there's food given to him and he salivates i think if pavlov was fucking ringing the bell of everything he did it would confuse the dog wouldn't it so if you ring the bell when you give him food you ring the bell when you smack him you ring the bell and it takes for a walk of conditioning I, classical con- conditioning yeah so i suppose if you just condition the child constantly with beratings or smackings like it's never going to work because it's it, that's too much information to learn it's the same response to too too much stimulus i've got a so, a couple know. of things to like say on this, discuss. So, first of all, like, you know, your parents are brought up with that. Like, when my parents were at school, they got the cane, mm. or my dad my dad said the whiteboard wiper. Mm. The teacher <laughs> would fuck it at him as hard as he could. So on that, and I, I'm sorry to interject. It's okay. But were kids less naughty at school in the day because they got hit with canes and then got thrown board rubbers. I'd say so. Well, I, think, I don't think so. <laughs> I, I think you have to try and... You become numb to it, don't you? Yeah, you dissect through what people tell you. Now, there are some people that will say to you, I was threatened with a cane once and I never did anything again. And I guess in my experience, it's when I got to two out of three warnings, I would know that third <laughs> warning meant a break time, so I would stop. But then there are plenty of other people that tell me, especially older people I speak to, who almost, well, they regale you with the hilarious stories of the amount of times they were cane. Yeah. I was cane this time, I was cane that time. My granddad, God rest him, used to say, like, I'd put my hand out and, like, move it away so I'd get more cane in. <laughs> I'd get caned here, I'd get cane there, I'd get cane fucking everywhere. And I think, well, you weren't, in that instance, it didn't work. But for some kids, and he, he told a particular story about a kid who got caned and he cried his eyes out. And he used to, I guess my granddad would say, like, oh, you know, he was a pussy, he couldn't take it. But that kid, I think if we could interview him, he's probably dead now, but if that, you could interview that him... That was probably that for that kid, that was him. Yeah, he, well, he would say, that was the most terrifying experience of my life. Never I again. never did anything again. And he probably told his grandkids and his kids, no, like, this is, you learn your lesson. So and in that... Nature versus nurture. But in that case, though... Say he didn't get hit with a cane, got a break time is, instead. Mm-hmm. He might not have felt the pain, but I like it's not really a trauma. But the embarrassment of having a break time might have been enough for him to think. For me, fucking hell, I'm to not going to do it again. And tell my mom that I had a break time, terrified. Me. Oh, yeah, exactly. Oh boys. So I just what? don't think corporal punishment <laughs> is like. I, for me personally, I think it's a waste of time. Yeah, I think. it's may a waste I, of time. May I say we all went to the same school, didn't we? Primary <clears> and secondary. Primary and secondary school, like. You guys might have had a couple of break times. I got four break time detentions and one after school detention in a day. I got four of them <laughs> in one lesson. Fuck's sake. Four in one lesson? Yeah, man, we're nothing to lose, mate. Yeah. And I, uh, I, do you know what? This is the thing. This, 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 this made a difference. My parents weren't really bothered. I done, I done the crime. I did the time, but like my dad was always on my side. Like you boy, you, you boys know about like my PE. <laughs> yeah, you, can you just tell the viewers? What's I know P, OJ what does P t- stand for physical education. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. you don't oh, know so that. Just go show. Literally did it. 
but oh, well, could you just explain to the, the listeners, because OJ touched on it earlier, and briefly in about 30 seconds, what was, how would the average experience of your cross-country, like what would happen? Or PE in, in general. Long distance running in general. So physical education, so cross-country, for example, we're running, we go out to the cross-country course, everyone would start running, I'd be stood there still, me, the teacher would say to me, are you going to run? And I'd say no. And he was like, do you, do you want to go to on call? You sat in there all day in isolation, basically, doing your work. I'd be like, yes, yes, please. <laughs> and then you get an after-school attention for that as well. <laughs> never, never used to bother me. And my mum and I'd tell my mum and dad, and my dad would say, Lewis, they were bullies when I was there. They're just bullies. I didn't give a fuck, mate. I wouldn't let them bully me. I, I, you know, I had many an argument with the PE teacher. He started on me one day for something about cross-country. I walked away from him because he was, like, getting on me. And he was like, you know, the PE teacher... The PE teacher says to me, he's like, yeah, that's right, you walk away. He's like, oh, yeah, you're a big man, ain't you? And I turned around and I was like... I, I can guess which one that yeah, was because he was yeah. an asshole. Yeah, he was an asshole. I, All PE teachers are assholes. I turned, yeah. ra- I turned around to him and I said, fuck off. You know what I mean? Right. Fuck you. And, and this is... It's a slightly derail, but I agree with your dad. And they're not bullies, but I find PE teachers very cringy, quite embarrassing. Mm. They're the most unprofessional people in, like, teachers oh, in the yeah. school. Like, our PE teachers at our school used to be, like, best friends with sixth forms and go out with them. I think it's fucking weird. Like, you're you a grown adult, a teacher, and you're fucking hanging around and mates with fucking kids. The, you fucking losers. They used to They used to favour... Like the, the students kids. who were good, yeah. Like. But I do think, sorry, I do think that goes for any subject, though. I think if you're good at art, art teachers are going to like you. If you're good at English, because yeah, you're going to be the, the way gonna... art teachers are is very different. I did photography, and the way the, the art teachers were, well, they, they were very sound people. Once you, but you got to be on their wavelengths. I've got two things to say about PE teachers. First of all, if you're a PE teacher out there. Do better, okay? You're, because you're a prick. They are embarrassing. Yeah, remind, well, the ones in our school. Yeah, anyway. it reminds me of a joke on Red Dwarf where the supercomputer says that he's got an IQ of six thousand, which is the equivalent of six thousand PE teachers. <laughs> 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 and number two, I when I was growing up, I had a problem with my knee, so I was one of those kids. You oh, know, yeah, that that made, good yeah. that made up made up made up made up injury. Yeah, and the yeah. PE t- now, basically, what it is, if I remember correctly, the the must the bones when I went through a growth spurt, not that I grew very fucking big. So I was, I was a wee speck of a boy back then. So when I grew, still the, now. yeah, still are <laughs> now. So there wasn't tremendous growth, but the bones grew quicker than the muscles, which meant that some of the bones in my knees would like rub against like I don't know other joints, or whatever. It made it excruciating to do PE. So I would do PE and I'd get home and I couldn't even fucking walk up the stairs. It was horrible. The PE teacher said to me, and this was his exact words, and it's the same teacher you're talking about, that's a Mickey Mouse disease, it doesn't exist. So I went to the doctor, and the doctor said to me, I know the teacher you're talking about, I have students, because it's fairly common for people going through puberty, I know who you're talking about, and we're going to make you the example. And he wrote a formal letter to the school explaining that this is a medical condition, these are the side effects, and to like really punch it home I was not allowed to walk upstairs so I used to take the staff oh, elevator yeah, for the technician I'd be late for fucking whatever 
But the PE teachers, when it came to PE time, I'd have to go fucking stand out there, and I'd be stood there. Everyone would give me their phones to look after because they were worried about putting it in the box. So I'd be stood there. I got hit in the head so many times by a rugby ball because I'd be standing there, daydreaming, <laughs> the fucking board came out. George's over. a safety deposit box. <laughs> I was, because I had a blazer that had a hole in the breast pocket that went into the rest of the blazer. Everyone would deposit their phone. It was dumb. It's oh, stupid Actually, do you know it. what? Another blessing, sorry, about PE. Whenever it was sports day for our school, I was always on holiday, so I'd never get selected for any sports on sports day. So I'd turn to <laughs> oh, sports mate. day. Sports day was fucking worse. And I'd just dos. By the way, for the listeners, I'm the complete opposite to George and Lewis, so yeah. I was quite sporty in school, did all the sports. OJ, OJ thought the school sports was the fucking Olympics. Nevertheless... I still agree that PE teachers are fucking well embarrassing. Yeah. And I don't mean to, you know, downplay the PE subject, but, you know, when you've got to pick your choices for GCSE, the PE teacher was like, oh, we just want to get some numbers who are planning to do PE GCSE. Mm. Everybody put their hands up and the teacher went to me like, why, why aren't you, you know, you're, you're good at sport. Like, why you're not doing PE? You should really, you should do it. Yeah, one, yeah. And I was like doing IT. And I just thought to myself, mate, no one fucking, unless you want to be a teacher, mm. right? Or I don't know, a physiotherapist. You know, there are some professional jobs like that, but you don't need a fucking PE GCSE. I'd rather enrich my mind with something that's a lot more relevant to the working world or skills than fucking PE. But I didn't say it to like, him. Like, do you know that I actually have a qualification in BTEC PE? Did yeah, you? because I took it. I took short course theory PE because it meant that I didn't have to do PE. <laughs> I would spend the PE lessons that people did, I had to go in a classroom and the same teacher, I he said, kept saying uh, sociopath. And I kept saying, you don't mean sociopath, you mean sociology, because a sociopath is like a mental disorder. <laughs> and he like, he's like, no, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong, like, you're a fucking dickhead. <laughs> and, but anyway, um, it came to bite me back on the ass, because the exam for it, I chose football as my thing, because I could, you know, I thought that was the easiest to do. Oh, mate. And I was had to do a little exam about football skills, which was fairly easy to learn what's the offside rule george i had a little 50p coin that told me at the time but <laughs> I, I can't tell you now it's a long time ago however it bit me on the ass because on when it comes to the other half of the exam i had to go to this sports center <laughs> with all the pe people all the people oj was talking about who you know going around asking are you doing pe the people that were really good some people went on to play for proper football teams i'm there with this other little nerdy kid <laughs> trying to do football skills it was the most embarrassing day of my fucking life it was so shocking but i fucking got it one of, one of the uh, PE teachers at our school was a he i think he was a teacher at my mum and dad were there yeah 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 they're just they're just uh i just find them very unprofessional they're very up themselves because they've got that sport mentality and yeah. you see this Wankers translated way. in the uni football and rugby teams like there's going to be some of you listening who you're part of that the culture is very weird there's this i guess it's I don't really know how to explain it, but there's it's this bravado masculinity that gets merged into, it crosses over into very homosexual behavior. Now, there's anything wrong with that, but what it does is these nights out spiral out into control and you hear about them doing all these weird shit. And then those people go on to be PE teachers. Yeah, and then they get so confronted true. with people like either me, who's this tiny little white boy that is getting out of PE for two years, or you've got fucking FMs like Lewis. <laughs> 
uh, who are just point blank refusing to do it. No medical condition, no Mickey Mouse disease, just saying a flat no. Just, just obesity. Just, yeah, just, mate, just on that about the, the homosexual thing there, mm. it's going to sound fucking super odd, but like, obviously when we started secondary school, doing PE, getting changed. Oh, I know what you're going to do. There's a lot, a lot of lads in there It'd be like fucking slapping your ass and not yeah, and pretending your ass. to yeah, bum yeah, each yeah. other and getting their dicks out. Not being funny, I was probably one of those geezers. Uh, yeah, but George is right. It comes from the sport bravado. Mm. And like I said, I'm a very sporty guy. I still like watch football, play football, play golf, blah, blah, blah. But I never didn't join. So all my friends at uni are, are sporty, sporty people. And they always like give me shit for not doing a sport and not doing a sport at uni. But the reason why I didn't do it is that the sport sort of, I guess, jock mentality, uh, if we use an Americanism here, is fucking bullshit. It's fucking weird. The, the like, hype on masculinity and being this masculine person, I find just really cringeworthy and embarrassing. And the hazing and stuff that goes on for these initiations, like, people think they're fucking cool because they're fucking drinking three litres of... Scrumpy yeah. Frosty Jacks and swimming in fucking piss-filled toilets or going to your local pub and getting naked, I'll... where I just found it fucking... And some people might call me fucking boring, but I found it cringy as fuck and just fucking weird. A lot of people, I think, at uni, yes, they do it because they like the sport. However, the social side of it is the, is the biggest invite because they know the socials, et cetera, et cetera, are like top notch. Yeah, and that is exactly true. And the socials are, I, I guess I missed out on a lot of big socials. Like a lot, of, like I said, a lot of my uni friends did sports and were part of these social groups and did have immense fun with their social groups. But I just couldn't get on board with the sort of, and, and even now, like, I just hate that sport like jock mentality and like and i guess one way of putting it is they're all like peacocking everybody's trying to be like this like massive ego trying to be this really masculine thing it's just like does it really matter i mean like like we you know we we have done some pretty mad things but like going out on the social and necking three bottles of wine for initiation yeah yeah it Mate, it's funny to everyone else, but not you. You know what I mean? Like you're in the danger zone doing that shit. And I just don't think it proves. It doesn't prove anything. It like just proves you're f- you're fucking stupid. Well, would- you have to like. Well, I just thought it was embarrassing mainly because like people are doing this stuff because they feel like they have to do it to fit in, mm, and yeah. that you know. My I think I I respect people more who go against that sort of stuff because uh, I think yeah, fair enough. You know, you're not giving in to peer pressure mm. uh, and you've got the confidence to tell people, no, I'm not going to fucking do this stupid shit because some, some asshole, some social sex telling me I should do it. Like, yeah. OJ, we, we went out where you went to university and, like, your your uni friends were younger than you, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. So this one particular dude who came out with us, he was, he was A, younger than us, and he was, B, a rugby player. Yeah, he was, so, I mean, yeah, he, he, was, he was a proper lad, lad, lad. Like, and we, we were in the kebab shop at the end of the night, you know what I mean, <laughs> eating our kebabs. He drops his on the floor. If it was us, we'd just fuck it off. This cunt's eating it off the floor of his hands. You know what I mean? He's I don't think it was on the floor, it was on the table. Yeah, it was, but I'll tell you what, when I was having a piss then, that's, I was thinking of that story as well. And I want to, sorry, just, I want to get him on the podcast. And ask be, him. Because, no, he'll be really cool guy to because 
What's he interesting? He's a cool guy, by the way. Like he's yeah, so. He was a cool so this is and this is in like this is the psyche of like someone in that right. So he is. He go on, he's got a Tinder profile. Just amazing on Tinder. He's got a great body, great rig, like athletic guy. I've got a great rig. And he, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Arctic Laurie. And he, and I guess in some respects, he does peacock, and he's got that ma- masculine. But if you spoke to him, right, mm, yeah, and talk about him like finding a girlfriend and stuff, he'll say, you know, what, I actually don't like it that girls think I'm this bravado rugby player sort of yeah. player. Mm. Where actually his real interests are like politics, engineering, stuff like quite nerdy stuff. He's actually a nerd at heart. He was at a prestigious uni as well, like in, you know. Yeah, and and he's he's a nerd. An idiot to get into the uni you went to. Yeah, he's he's like a a nerd. He plays PlayStation. He's like he's a cool guy. His actual like he he is a nerdy guy. He's like I guess like he he doesn't isn't this doesn't have this jock mentality actually but he plays up to it when he's with the people and I think yeah. how many other people are they play sports are like that mm. and I think it's sad that people have to play up to it yeah well, to be fair what I will say it's like my brother played rugby for a little while he went on rugby tour with the local team and it sounded like a very good crack mate you know what I mean I'd love to go on just one because they are fucking mental my brother for the listeners he was in somewhere Croatia or somewhere doing press ups in McDonald's on the floor for something for some unknown reason his knee dislocated <laughs> so the McDonald's workers asked him to stop messing about in Croatia or wherever he was and he said look I can't move I can't stand up blah 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 and they fucking went mad at him then they called the police Next thing you know, it's not just the police; it's the armed police waving guns <laughs> around the gaff. Fucking hell! In Croatia, they they're the I found this when I was on the train when I went to Croatia. They all have guns, man. It's scary. Quick, when I said about the homosexual behaviour thing, it's a weird dissonance between they're in the change room doing all this stuff, but they're the most homophobic people yeah. outside of the change room. And that's why it's weird. And so when you're just this normal kid just trying to get changed and they're all there pretending to bum each other or put the fingers off each other's bums and stuff like that, but they're the first one to call you gay. We never had to shower. Did you ever shower at school? No. I've been, no. Uh, no like we, we you didn't. had no need to shower though, did you? Because you never did any sport. <laughs> you know, I, so I, I, none of it makes sense. Like there, there's no logic to it. And I think it, it finds it very difficult to understand it. And when you were talking then, OJ, about your friend who, you know, he's into the nerdy stuff, I remember when we were in maybe like year seven or eight when we first started playing COD 4 online. Or we would, I mean, I was addicted personally, man. I, I'd play, I'd wake, this is the only time in my life I wake up early, wake up early to play it, come home at lunch, play it, play it after school. Such a strong game. Yeah, right, we loved it. And me and you would talk about the COD 4 matches, and I remember distinctly people saying to me, oh, you guys fucking nerds, you're fucking this, you're fucking that, stop talking about Call of Duty. <laughs> Next, one year later, Modern Warfare 2 comes out, and all of a sudden, all these jock-type, archetype people yeah. are talking about fucking Predator missiles. <laughs> and I was like, right, but because all of you are doing it, now it's like a normalised behaviour. Yeah, yeah. I'm still waiting for my apology. And then you've got the cheat, they, the cheat they have to say. I had the cheat then to say, well, I'm better you at this game. It's uh, like, bitch, please. I've been playing yeah. it for fucking years, that's mate. What, and we would thrash like. them when it yeah. came to that's it. That's what school's like, isn't it? About like, fair play to us, like, we did what we, did what we wanted to regardless. Yeah, but we a lot did of people the, just yeah. did what did things to fit in. 
Yeah. Yeah. yeah and, but that is that jock mentality again, that's what I'm trying to say. Is that, in fact, they maybe look like confident people. In fact, they must be so insecure. Insecure because they can't be themselves. They can't express their own. They don't have the confidence to express their own interests. Mm. They just follow everybody else's. Yeah. 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 Do you think, do you think, like, if you think back to some people at school now who just, like, played up and acted a dickhead? And like you see them now, do you think that's related on to how they've gone on with life? Yeah, you. Yeah, I got my GCSEs just, just. Well, you got some. Yeah, I think you got GC, but I don't know if you do, got do, the S. Do you know what? My, my my moral at school was: no matter how well or bad I do, I'm always going to have to work for the rest of my life. Mm. Yeah, I mean... OJ, you remember the maths lessons, don't you? Yeah, mate, the maths lessons were fucking funny. Try and, te- try and teach me trigonometry and I'd rear up on the teacher. I don't need to fucking know any yeah, of this shit. Yeah, but that's because that's you're insecure. That's that's not because... Yeah, that, this, is in, this is insecurity from you. You were like that because I was like that in primary school and you didn't understand it. And so the best response is, well, yeah. I don't care about it. It's shit. I get angry about it. Fuck it. Do you know what? It's a fucking shit. If you're ever a primary school kid or or you're a secondary school kid and you're shit at math, shit at English and you're getting aggressive about it and you're acting like you don't care, don't do it because it's a vicious cycle because mm. then you don't learn and then you go and then you fall more further behind and then you get more angry for, fall for even further okay, behind. Yeah. This is true, but when, uh, hang when, on, let, when do I ever use trigonometry, bro? Right, let me just say <laughs> something, okay, because OJ, I hope you don't mind me telling this story, but it puts you in a good light, right? When we were in primary school, when these guys were referring to this, there were six tables in the room, and <laughs> right, and the tables started Lewis off... Lewis is on this table as well. Yeah, I, well, the highest table was like hexagon, then it went pentagon, uh, square... Triangle, circle, or I was whatever. On circle, mate. It's just simple. No, yeah. we were on square. Oh, were we? Was this? Uh, no, I don't think there was. Where, where there was, might have been. Where, some... was George, where was Georgia? I was Pentagon. I, no, I was second from top, right? Kind of a cunt. Okay, and then um, these two fellas were in the bottom tier in math. Not the bottom tier. The, the most bottomest. Of yeah, us yeah. the most bottom mate, tier. We're in, possible. Cool, we're in a cool tier. <laughs> right. Well, that's what you think. <laughs> Anyway, we get to prime. We get to secondary school, and again, I'm in second top set. OJ goes from somebody that was on a table with the likes of Lewis here for mathematics. How rude! Right, and by the time we leave school, OJ gets a higher level at GCSE maths than I does, than I did. Sorry, because OJ applied himself, and he is sh- that true? I don't think that's true. What did you get at GCSE? A B. Yeah. I got a B, mate. And oh, when I got re- the same. Yeah, but, well, you got. You should have got an A. You probably didn't. Yeah, you didn't apply yourself. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I tell you, yeah, I didn't apply myself. You suffered you from ap- the clever person. Yeah, the fallacy. Yeah, the, yeah, the clever person well. fallacy. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but the moral of the story is OJ Lot applied at secondary school. Yeah, and he he didn't he didn't accept the label of being a a, a circle. I just want okay. So just so let me explain this because. I've actually, I find it cringy to say this story and George yeah. doesn't know this story. Okay. And I've never told it to her. I think oh, I may yes. have told it to my mum. Ooh, ooh, hot topic. And it's going to, it's going to cringe me out talking about it, but it's about George. This is going to be the, cute. So, and this is derailing it completely again, so I'm really sorry. Nah, listeners. this is good. This is, well, this it's, is it's cool. a cool story. This to say after this, so. George will smile all the way through. I find it a cringy story, but it's good. So the only reason... I don't think George knows how a bigger part he's played in my life and school life. And there's one story 
and um, where it comes from. So in year seven and eight, you would put me in those, I guess we were all best friends in primary school, but when I went to secondary school, sort of hung around with, I hate to call the term, but love popular kids and those mm, jock yeah. kids. Because I was, I guess, sporty mm, yeah, and yeah, yeah. a little bit naughty in primary school, probably a bit mischievous in secondary school in CS7 and 8. So I was quite a naughty kid in year 7 and 8. And one time I, in tutor, I got held back or I had to have had a lunchtime with our with our tutor and she basically forgot that I had a lunchtime with her. So I sat in the classroom for the whole of lunch and didn't eat lunch. And I was fuming about it. And being like an immature person, I'm like, oh, I'm going to tell my mum. She's going to be really pissed off. <laughs> and my mum was really pissed off. Well, mm. no, I was going to say I was going to tell my mum and she'll be really pissed off and she will come in and complain about it because that's what my mum's like. <laughs> <laughs> and I told George that and I was like, George, I'm going to fucking tell my mum. She's going to be really pissed off. She's going to come in because I was angry, even though I was rightfully in a lunchtime. And she did apologise to me. And she, by the way, she's, the teacher was like, oh, I'm really sorry. I totally forgot. You know, I th- she was like, I would have thought you would have gone to lunch. Yeah. Which I probably should have. <laughs> and George turned around and said to me, he's like, nah, man, like, telling your mum and getting her to come and tell this teacher off, it's just, I guess he just ba- he basically told me it was a bit embarrassing. It's like, it was quite, an Im- <laughs> you didn't say it in that way, but you yeah. said it's just quite an immature thing to do and it's not going to help anything. It's not going to help your position. It's going to make it worse. And that sort of, I don't think you'll realise that, but that changed my whole mentality in life. In life. In life, yeah, if you talk about like life events, mm. because then at that point I was just like, "Yeah, why do I have this sort of me against them mentality? Why am I like being like that and I guess misbehaving? I don't know why it made me change my. It's like a trigger <laughs> in my life, and I was thinking, yeah, what? George, you have this sort of, I guess, mature attitude in school uh, from like, and girls do. Girls have a mature attitude in school." And I just turned around and thought, yeah, I need to be this mature person who doesn't get their fucking mum involved when something's <laughs> gone wrong or, you know, get angry like Lewis. So there's an injustice at school. Just accept it. Like, and I guess, and this is derailing it again even more, it's the same when we're talking about people getting in trouble with police. Yeah. So your attitude on that is similar to what I, the position I was in at school is, you know, police in America, if you're going to get shot by police, yeah, okay, it may be shit. And you shouldn't have been shot, but just don't struggle. Don't put yourself in that position. Like, yeah, don't exacerbate the yeah. situation. Would you say it's like sometimes it's better just to keep quiet, keep calm, take it on the chin? Just stop being an asshole in school. Like, yeah. Yeah. I, I was, being, I was misbehaving yeah. and then feeling like I'd, I'd been judged and I shouldn't have been in trouble yeah. by getting a break time. It's like, well, you're fucking, you're misbehaving, you deserve wow. that. And then from that point on, it wasn't from the exact that point, but... I kind of moved away from the popular crowd, started talking to, well, you went home at lunchtimes quite a bit. Yeah, I did. You used to go home at lunchtimes. But yeah. so I kind of avoided comfort. that. The people you hang out with. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so from year nine onwards, it was kind of like I had the mentality of just do well in school, stop being misbehaving, yeah. stop being naughty. The teachers aren't bad people. They're not out there to get you mm. if you're not misbehaving. Oh, yeah. Here, I have an opposing story to that. So, for listeners, my mum worked at our school. She's worked there for 20-odd years. She was my sister's dinner lady, etc., etc. So, my mum heard everything about me. So, one day, I got a lunchtime detention, like you, OJ, from my chemistry teacher. He kept me the whole lunchtime. 
Then I had chemistry after lunch. So I did my lunchtime detention. Then when I saw my mum at the canteen, got the goods for my mum, <laughs> some bacon sandwich for me. My mum was like, oh no, she's like, shouldn't you be in lesson? I was like, oh, mummy kept me half an hour over lunch. So I'm going half an hour late. I went back to class. <sighs> Obviously the whole class is in there, sat down. I work in the door. The teacher says, Lewis, where have you been? I stood there, bold as brass. I said, well, you kept me half an hour of my lunchtime, so now I'm half an hour late. <laughs> yeah, this said, is the kind of thing said, that happened to me. He said, wait outside. He came outside, screamed at me. He was like, yeah, he went mental. He's like, yeah, blah, blah, blah. He's like, go to one corner. I was like, all right then. Yeah. So in that in that scenario, George would have told, about, told you and said, you're you're pretty stupid for doing that because he's, he's, argument, he's kept you 30 minutes behind for a reason. And just making the problem worse. He told me I never, it. You did never stack shelves, hole. mate. And I did stack yeah. shelves. <laughs> so what I'm trying to say is that sort of conversation we had changed my mentality in school. And I guess made me mature or have a more mature mindset. And then it was stop misbehaving, stop being an asshole, like trying school. Yeah. And it's worked out so far. Well, OJ, man, I never knew that. So... That has touched me, actually, to be fair, like, I, you know. If you, yeah, if yeah. you want to talk about, like, life events, like, big things that happen to your life, like, one of those is, like, one of the biggest ones for me. It's funny you say that, because when I, when I was at that point, I used to think, I wish I had the confidence that you had, and, you know, I wish, oh, you know, I wish I was better at sports, or that I could, you know, do the things you do, so, but I suppose that what makes us, you know, not to get too soft on the podcast but best friends <laughs> because uh you work as a team i suppose and then so if you the copy and paste of the same person where well, you're only going to go the same direction but you need and i suppose speaking more widely as a trio the differences complement each other's you know 100 similarities and when i talk to people all the time about influence in your life i always explain that yeah your family are a big influence in your life and i think in your formative years they have their greatest effects. But when you're talking about going through puberty, your teenage years, I think the biggest influence you have on you are your friends. 100%. And 100%. the mentality they give you or the life the life lessons they give you. Mm. And I don't think people understand or friends don't realise how much they rub off on each other. Yeah, like when you boys grew pubic hair, I was like, okay, now it's time, Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> Got the watering can out. Yeah, yeah. fertilizer Quick, get some get some yeah but. school the, the formative years definitely and i think if you fall into the wrong crowd good tribes bring good, good vibes vibe. yeah exactly and like when you when you go into the wrong crowd you pick up their mentality so whereas you had told me you're being immature basically it's a bit embarrassing like just get your shit together mm. not actually in those words but kind of like that, words to that effect yeah or like it was that mentality other people i would know would probably say yeah you're fucking right for doing that have a go at the teacher tell them da -la -la -da -da. and then you sort of pick up that mentality and run with it they're yeah. all then people that always say oh yeah you should fucking you know go, have a go at the teacher they're not the ones to do it i think well, well i don't know i think they are and lot, i think that, a lot of them are you know what I mean? like, oh, i would have done this i would have done that you're like, no you wouldn't yeah you wouldn't I think, st like, even then, we did dance sometimes a fine line. It all depends on the <laughs> teacher as well. Like, our science lessons, when me, you, and <laughs> Sam got moved to the front, they had these, like, he hexagon tables, with, and then we got put on the teacher's desk at the front. 
And, you know, we, I guess all three of us, Sam, you know, we should get him on the podcast one time to talk about it, but he, uh, we, we would do dumb shit, but I think we knew where to draw the line. I have. So that's what I was about to say. Number one, we weren't, the thing is, is we weren't disruptive. So we weren't um, making anybody, everybody else in the class, their lesson worse by being naughty. We weren't like talking over the teacher, but when it was like time to like talk in a group, we would be quite mischievous. We weren't naughty, we'd be mischievous. Mischievous, yeah. But I never forget a teacher telling me this at school. They're like, do you know what, OJ? I, <laughs> I, uh, I actually don't mind you. You are, I guess, mischievous, but you know when to stop. Yeah. It's like the true naughty kids just keep on going. Keep on going. Just yeah, keep on going. Keep on and on as a teacher, it must be so annoying. It adds yeah. to the character might be a bit mischievous. Well, yeah, the, you can have, there's having a laugh and there's taking it too far. And there's something you, you mentioned a moment ago, you know, about escalating things with the teacher. There's a particular teacher that we had at school who a lot of people dislike strongly and they would make it Lewis dislikes him strongly. Was he a science teacher? He was an IT teacher. Um, don't name drop him. Yeah. I'd, no, I don't think... I, I'd never had him for IT, boys. Well, let's put it this way. A lot of people used to accuse him of stuff, and I still hear it now when I talk to people that used to go to school with, like, oh, you know, he'd always give me grief for his uniform. Girls would always take the stance of, like, he was a pervert. Yeah. It's like, no, he's just trying to enforce the rules. And so when you come in day after day flagrantly abusing the rules... He, of course, he's going to escalate it because if he doesn't, then he's an ineffective teacher. Now, me and, and you, OJ, we both did IT for GCSE and A-levels. And people ask me who my favourite teacher was, and I say, it's this man. Because we, and he was a stern teacher, let's not mince words here. If you acted out of order, he would put you in his place. And as soon as you were able to operate within the boundaries that he set, he became a fantastic influence and a great mentor and great teacher. And so, uh, well, we even bought him beers, didn't we, when yeah. we left school? Did you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because in GCSE, he stayed with us and Dave as well to like seven o'clock for like a couple <laughs> of days because we were so behind on our coursework. <laughs> and he stayed and he gave us the help. And the, the time, I suppose, is the biggest I, commodity. I and he gave us this time. And we said to him, oh, what beers do you drink? We'll get you some beers. But because we were only like 16, obviously, we couldn't buy many beers. But when we did sixth form, and again, repeat the same scenario, he helped us. I wanted to drop out of sixth form. Who did I go speak to? I went and spoke to him. And instead of saying, no, you shouldn't do it, he said, well, you could do it. These are your options. Or you can stay. These are your options. We carried on. We did it. Got through your levels. And we bought him the Crest Stato Artois. And we gave him a hug. And we both said, thank you. He was well chuffed as well. Yeah, he? and he was. And you could see that for him, that was probably a very rewarding experience. Because he saw these two people that we had a good rapport with, a good relationship with, who you know, needed the help. Because there's plenty of people that just crack on with their work and they're fine. But me and you, me especially, I, I must admit, you know, needed that that influence, that positive guiding force. And yeah, so he's he is the best teacher. And whenever anybody gives him shit post this experience, I sit to him like, yeah, but you never gave him a chance. Yeah, yeah. You always, oh, I was so hard done by, he told me not to wear my skirt so short. It's like, well, yeah, you're fucking 14-year-old girl. You shouldn't yeah. be wearing your skirt so short, I, for fuck's sake. I, I Have some respect. I never had him as a teacher, yeah. but I kind of wish I did. Oh, he was the he best was a cool guy. Me, me he was a cool guy. Like, once 
you got to know him and you were, and you were behaving. Yeah. And it's the same yeah. with an art teacher, the male art teacher. Yes. Who we got on with him really well. Mm. But a lot of people hated him because he was so strict. But it's yeah. like, if you just fucking did what he said, yeah, he was a fucking awesome bloke. Yeah. Like, your friend. I'll tell you what, it's, when you go to work in real life, do your job properly, no problems. Your yeah. manager, happy days for your manager, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. The, the authority sets the rules of engagement. And if you play, play by those rules, then you'll have a good time. If you play football and you pick up the ball and start running with it, you're in the wrong fucking sport. You should be playing rugby. But if you can get on with the rules of football, then you'll excel and you'll have fun, quite frankly. And I look forward to those lessons. And and what that's what these like naughty kids don't understand. It's like, if you just... just and this is, again, it goes back to the mentality that I got from this conversation we had. If you just play by the rules, I think that is the, the if you want to give it a phrase or an ethos of what, what I'm trying to explain here, is just play by the rules. Mm. You enjoy it a lot more. Yeah. You know, it's not enjoyable go, being on a break time. It's not enjoyable being on lunchtime. I never got after school in my whole school career because just... Why I couldn't think of anything worse is to be at school after school. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah, right? Exactly. So just do your fucking homework yeah. and you don't like, and I don't understand these kids who don't want to play by the rules. Same with the IT teacher. Yeah. You're not going to get on with him. You're not going to experience his good side if you're aggravating him mm. and he'll be your worst nightmare. Same with the art teacher. Same with many teachers. Yeah. And it probably goes to show it's probably the same with lewis and the pe teachers maybe if he was played by the rules there would be he wouldn't see them as bad but the difference with the pe teachers just don't like their general mentality yeah they like they, if you've got yeah. their good side it's not even like great you know what i mean no nah, it's not it, they, they didn't have the same intelligent depth as some of the teachers sociology teacher again fantastic fellow what a legend Adam what a legend you know he I would love to get him on the podcast because he's oh, the most fascinating guy so interesting and he what he taught me was the because OJ you know this especially that I I guess I still am but I, I, I try and break away in you know as I get older very rooted in my beliefs and OJ you've always been very good at challenging my beliefs and I would come out with these things that were very firm in their stance, but this particular teacher would like talk about things and he'd be like, well, yeah, I tried this idea and then I tried that idea, but you know, I could see the pros and cons. And I thought, wow, actually, that's actually a better way to look on life. And so, but if I'd been a little dickhead and he wouldn't have given me the time of day and then you don't build up that rapport and you're never going to get the rewards from these people who, let's face it, like a lot of people, and there are probably a lot of people who are listening on this podcast who are young people who probably are at school or sixth form or university, you gain the most by investing the most. Like education is not a gamble. If you invest loads of money, uh, sorry, loads of time, you are only ever going to get a return on that investment. Or money. Yeah, well, yeah, I suppose in terms of university, yeah, money. You know, but if you're investing in stocks or shares or gambling or cryptocurrency or whatever, there's a possibility that you're going to lose. But if you <laughs> dedicate as much time, and you know, I, I lament perhaps not. I'm not saying I was a perfect triple A student. I could have been, but I didn't have the. I don't know. I, I guess it goes back to what you were saying, OJ, earlier about that 
it's a, f- a smart person fallacy where you're told these are your predicted grades. This is what you're going to get. And you kind of go, all right, cool. I'll just carry on doing what I'm doing then. And, and, and you see it a lot on Reddit. You've never had to work for those grades. So you, when it comes to actually having to do the work, mm. you've not built up that ethic. Yeah. And so it's like, so it's like when it gets tough, it's like, oh, well, what do I do now? Like, that, it's that's hard to achieve. I almost came to dropping out of sixth form because I just like, man, I fucked around, fucked around. Oh, there's a house party on the weekend. Oh, there's another house party on the weekend. Drink, 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 spend all Sunday hungover. Do a copy of other people's homework, blah, 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 blah. And all of a sudden you find yourself swamped by all this work. You think, oh, fuck, this is too much. This is too much. But in reality, as if I had just actually applied myself and I did have to apply myself after that, after the conversation with that particular IT teacher, I applied myself, not 100%, obviously, but enough. And on this topic, because I think this is going to be really good for listeners to hear, I had this mentality of I wanted to be a photographer, so I'll put 100%, 110% into photography, old coast in the other subjects. But that is stupid, because when you are at, well... Any age, I suppose. Whatever you think it, 16 to 18, what you want to do with your life, it's not going to fucking happen. If you think, well, it might happen, but if you think, I want to do this, I want to do that, there's a huge chance that you're not going to do that. So don't put all of your resources on one horse. You know, try, the, try to be good at everything. Be your best. Be the best person you can it, be. It's the old saying, isn't it, boys, that you've heard a number of times. Uh, school days the best days of your life they are the best days of your life like yeah, you, you were saying George you know about applying yourself etc etc but it's very hard to do that or see that when you're in the moment you know what I mean you just yeah because you're young and dumb and aren't you up. and you, you don't know you think you know everything and I I always <laughs> say this to people I said my biggest <laughs> mistake in life Lord knows I've made a few is the biggest mistake I ever made was thinking I knew everything when the reality was that I knew nothing. And my stepdad always says to me, by the time you're old enough to realise your dad was right, you've got kids telling you that you were wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? And it's true. It's true. I mean, I don't have a kid who's telling me, but it is true. Peep, adults are telling you things because they've been there and they've done it. And the sooner you can get on board with that and realise it. But when you're a teenager, mate, you just... You think Shunt, you know it all, you just, don't you? You think you're big, you just big brush bollocks. it off, mate. Like, obviously, us three, I, I took a very different approach. After you guys down for sixth form, I left. I went to college. I, I did go into further education. It was hard. You know, I joined a top-level course because it was the only course that was running. And funny enough, I needed to know a lot of chemistry for that. If only you hadn't been dickhead to your chemistry teacher. But like, like, <laughs> like at school, when we picked our GCSEs, I picked triple science. So I do science. Yeah, I didn't even pick triple science. Right? No, so so you do, I, so I'd you, love to know why you. So I triple do science, science like three, like, like three times in a day or something silly once a week. Triple science, by the way, is when in British schools usually do science as just one subject. So all the disciplines are come under one science umbrella yeah. whereas triple science is separate. separated to physics chemistry biology. biology and then you go into more depth into these three so, topics so i chose that for gcse and that the, the teachers approached me like look we're going to let you on this but like you need to improve you know i mean your grades aren't quite there and they're 
they let me on there. It's like, you know, we think you can do it. And I went on it. And what did I do? Completely fucked it up. <laughs> <laughs> I completely, I'll tell you what, I did a diploma as well, which you guys didn't do. Well, right. I would love to talk about this creative and media diploma because I remember at the it's time everybody it, right? saying, it's worth seven GCSEs, it's worth yeah. seven GCSEs. And it wasn't, was it? It was it, worth well, fuck it was, all. It was apparently, but they ripped yeah, but, it off. But, what? They ripped it off. They ripped that diploma off. So that, yeah, well, yeah. no wonder. Like yeah. fucking hell. Like you can't go around saying a subject that you do the same amount of hours for for another subject is worth x amount times more. And we should have known that was coming well, because whole, the arts whole in, in schools. Because I remember talking to this, that art teacher, and he, when we went on the New York trip, he was saying art is getting so difficult to teach because they're trying to grade it as if it was maths, as if it was English. And so one, uh, on one hand, they're coming down hard on these creative subjects, and yet they're creating a subject called creative and media <laughs> and saying it's worth seven GCSEs. And it's systemic of a wider issue in schools where, and I, this, this is going to be, it's going to take me a few minutes to fully explain this phenomenon, but you will see it and you, you will see it now and you will have an experience of it, where each year... There are new, I don't know, ideas or studies. Some think group or some think tank has come up with some bullshit. So when we were in year seven, I remember having to do this test where they found if you were a kinesthetic learner, where you learnt by doing things or did you learn by hearing things or seeing things. You shot and up then, an ADHD test. No, no, I've done an ADHD <laughs> test. There's a thing we taught in primary school. Yeah. It's all bullshit. But then like a year later, that was scrapped. Then we get to a point, oh, you can only get into university, you have the English baccalaureate, where you have to do these subjects and a language. And I went on an intensive French course, dropped out after three days, because the only thing I could say was Lewis smokes 20 cigarettes a day. <laughs> and I thought, fuck it, I want to enjoy my half term. Still got into university. No one probably at school now knows what an English baccalaureate is. It's all bullshit. So they like, come out with all the, these things for you to learn and stuff like that. And it's a waste of time. So you're better off just sticking to the core subjects. Don't believe in these faddy things. Do the tried and tested method of, you know, math, science, English, history. People say, what, are you going to be a historian? Well, no, history teaches you a certain skill set. IT teaches you a certain skill set. Hell, even art photography teaches you a certain skill set. May I just... Backtrack to that test she was on about. Yeah. About, uh, was it like kinetic or visual learning? Yeah, 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 yeah. I do. I do think that is a no. a, a real. I, I do, mate. Lewis, it's not founded. I don't know why schools went with it. It came out in primary school. I can remember learning about it in primary school. And yeah. I, I said, oh, I'm a kinesthetic learner, right? It's founded in zero science, and they've tested it, right? And it's bullshit. Oh. People don't learn. Uh, people aren't visual learners. People don't are not kinesthetic learners Mate, I'll, like, I, will, I will put this to you in real life terms like <laughs> if, if I'm on a job and I look at a drawing and they're like yeah this is what's going here there and everywhere I'm like right okay and I don't fully understand until I'm doing it or it's done and I've seen it and then I understand it but do you not it's think that you understand people. it because it's a combination of all the things you've seen it now you're doing it and someone's told you it's just a way yeah, for people exactly to does. break these things down in like oh how can we do this how can we do that how can we grade this a certain way how can we quantify things so I think it's bullshit and I just want I'm really sorry for interrupting there buddy but I just got I got a lot to say about the whole education thing because 
I don't particularly think the education at whole is flawed. But quickly going back to the that fallacy of being like, oh, I don't have to try. Because I think a lot of people listening here will be able to relate to this. You learn the wrong lessons by doing that. So there's a particular time. And I'm not, I, sometimes I tell it, I used to tell it as if it was a proud thing, but it's not a proud thing. And I will really caution people against going down this Mate, route. I could talk from personal experience for, for this. Okay, well, let let me just give you this example, and then you can see if it relates (laughs) to what you're about to say. So, when I was at university, when I was going through a bit of a a phase, shall we say, uh, with chronic substance and alcohol abuse, I had to do a presentation, and I put it off, and I put it off. I even got mitigating circumstances, and I got an extra two months to do it. I put it off, I put it off, I put it off. It got to the day before I had to do it. And I spent the whole day smoking weed, drinking beers, right? It got to 11 o'clock at night, and I thought, right, okay, I'm going to have to do this. So I spent between 11 11 p.m. and 8 a.m. the next day making this PowerPoint presentation. It was a really good PowerPoint presentation because my skills for making PowerPoints through IT was, was there. And I made this presentation. I walked to uni at about 9 a.m. while smoking a joint. Went there, I was fucked. I'd been awake for like 30 plus hours. I was drunk and high. I presented it. And the lecturer sat back and crossed his arms and goes, wow, that was like being in a lecture, but a good one. And I thought at the time, I am for, I am God. <laughs> Look at this. I, I just put the minimum amount of effort in. I was drunk and I was high and I left it to the last minute and you come out with shit like, oh, well, you know, under pressure, coal turns to diamonds. Hey, guys, you know, you guys just fucking spent a whole semester learning and I just fucking knocked it out the park. Home run, baby. <sighs> but I learned the wrong lesson. I learned in that particular moment, okay, in this instance, I can do anything but then when it came to doing the rest of the stuff, I was left... Com- what was it on that, that night's tale? You've been weighed... You've been measured and you've found wanting. Yeah, and I was found wanting a big style, so much so that I had to drop out of university. And I think that people have these flukes, and I would say they are flukes, where you learn these wrong lessons, perhaps, and then you go on and you think, this will be the fine, f- fine for the rest of my life. But you've got to try. You've got to knuckle down sometimes. That and just was try. just sheer luck, mate, on your behalf. Oh, so. it was, man. It was a- if uh, I, I was shit at IT, I don't think... I, don't, I disagree. I think... I think you're great at articulating yourself in all mediums, in clearly in conversation and written. Always fucked up, mate. There's two different people at uni. So you know, me, I would start my essays like five, six weeks before they were due, and my philosophy to writing essays was little often because I couldn't concentrate enough to write a thousand words. Get writer's block. Yeah. Whereas, like someone George wouldn't get writer's block and could just smash out. 3,000 words in a couple of hours. <laughs> Last hour. Yeah. yeah. And I had loads of friends at uni who could do that. And so I would always start early, little and often complete it. And I did, never used to feel sort of sorry for those people who live, left it to the last minute because I'm thinking, well, you've left it to the last... But some of them would get top grades. Yeah. And I just think it's, you know, people cope with it differently. Yeah. And I think some people do produce genuinely produce their best work in limited time frames mm, some 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 people can handle themselves very well under stress yeah. and, and just on that i think 
I actually think those people excel in their jobs better because when you're in a workplace, a lot of the times, or the best people at work are people who can turn things around in under pressure in those yeah. hours. If someone at work now told me, fuck, you got to write an essay, a report, you got to write a report by tomorrow evening, I'll be shitting myself <laughs> and it would be a really poor report, right? <laughs> but those people at uni who were able to write essays on the nights before or the nights of really could turn that report out around in the day. I suppose on reflection, actually, just don't do drugs, kids. I think that was the problem, actually. Yeah, don't do a chronic amount of drugs and alcohol. Anyway, you've written down your point, Lee. So what are you going to say? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I have, yes. Yeah, it's, it's backtracking again. No, it's fine. But like George was saying about, you know, he go to school, not giving a fuck and not caring. That, that, that was me. I think they translated differently. I've got a very, and people say this to me all the time. In oh, fact, I've been offered jobs about it. Oh, people say, you can, you're can, you so relaxed, you take it easy. And I always say people take it easy. But that's slightly different to not giving a fuck. It's just having a more I laid back attitude. I think it can like, vary from how you're brought yeah. up, you know. But we were very similar at primary school and probably first two years of secondary school. And, and obviously until that conversation with George, my mind changed. Why did you go through... Well, number one, I want to circle back to... I want to circle back to when you said trigonometry is bullshit, blah, 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 blah. It is right? bullshit, mate. No, because <laughs> the whole point of the subject of maths is not to learn and know what, how trigonometry works. It was to pass my GCSE. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's a fucking skill. Being good at maths is being good at problem solving, is learning, learning the rules of how to fix a solution and then applying those rules to fix that solution. That happens all the time in the real world, all the time. Mechanics, they've got to learn the rules of an engine and then they've got to find the solution to it through problem solving. It's exactly the same for maths. It's learning core skills. When people say, ah, maths is bullshit, algebra is shit, like I never use algebra, it's learning rules and how to apply those rules to uh, find a solution to something. Same for real world. So when you say, our oh, maths is bullshit, it's like, well, it's not. It's just learning core skills. Same when you talk about history. History, you're learning research skills, how to read sources, how to cri critically read sources. Yeah, I exactly. don't think a lot, enough people have learned that skill nowadays. That's where you got fake news. Never, and people never, learning things off TikTok. Yeah. Oh, I saw it on TikTok. Yeah. So why don't you go fucking read the Wikipedia yeah. article about it? Or, or people reading uh, things on Facebook next to a picture. Like, it's clearly bullshit. And thinking... Oh, wow, it says a doctor said this. Well, did a doctor actually say it? Like, what are yeah. the reasons why that is that bias? Is, that, is there a reason why someone might post that? Yeah. People don't think critically. You learn that in sociology, psychology, or to be honest, you learn it in all subjects at uh, university, degrees, at university yeah. level, maybe not at GCSE. So then when you say that, oh, maths is shit, it's like, well, no, it's just like a, a means to learn some core skills, like all school is, to be honest. And in primary school, I... I was quite far behind at primary school and always was. And partly that's probably to do with intellect. Or probably, um, I don't think I'm a, a super intelligent person. And secondly, I think it's because I just probably didn't pay attention. It's quite naughty at primary school. And I regret that so much because there's so... Even though I built up knowledge through GSSE and university, I actually have massive gaps in my foundational knowledge that hinders me now. 
So if there was like an adult course where I could go back and <laughs> do uni- primary school again, yeah. I'd love to do it because I'll pick up that, that, that foundation, which I don't have. If we could all go back to school with what we know now, we would get so much more out of it. Yeah. Because I think you're in the right mindset. You understand it. As opposed to it just being something that happens. I mean, I've got a little brother. He's 13. And he, oh, I hate going to school. It's boring. I don't like this, don't like that. And we tell him, school days are best of your life. Nah, 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 nah. But then you look back in hindsight. And by the time you're looking back in hindsight, it's too late. And time is your most valuable commodity. It's getting spent constantly. We like to think that we waste time, but time is wasting you. And so now you can go back and, we, yeah, we could go back to... we. There's, every, there's probably something out there where we could, all three of us, go back and do a primary school level education, but it would take so much time out of a week that we wouldn't be able to work a job. But you, when you get, become an adult, you have to work a job because you need money, because you need to fucking buy a house or raise a family or get on in life. And then by that point, it's it's not too late, but it's too late to relive 100% the experiences that you could have gained. And so if you waste it away by being, <laughs> being an asshole and fucking around... However, Lewis, you my, did my, those and you, you get on in life. So my, it's not impossible. Yeah, my industry and trade didn't require massive qualifications and grades, admittedly. But a lot a lot of places now, they want grades over experience, which I think is a little bit backwards. But there's a lot of people out there, and so they've got to filter through it. There's 65 million people living in this country, probably more now. I've not seen the latest census. You know, if you're going to get 1,000 applications... Or million, you know, tens of thousands of applications for a job. You need to filter through, right? Well, the people that got these GCSEs or these A levels or this degree, it just shows. It could be at GCSEs in whatever. It could be a university degree in whatever. But it shows that those people are able to apply a certain set of skills, which then can be extrapolated into a workplace. And it's not just that. It also, I learned it in university, and there's it's economic theory behind it, and I've, I've completely forgot it, but gaining a degree is not just about the skills you acquire it's about indicating to the marketplace that you're willing to put in that extra effort of time and your resources and money mm. to put you out yourself out there above yeah. everybody else and so it's it's basically yeah just an indicator of not necessarily just skills but you're willing so You've got two people. One's going to work really hard. One's not going to work hard at all. That's going to cost the business the same amount of money, but they're going to their production output is not going to be the same. So you want someone who's going to have the highest output. And one way of finding out who that person is, if they've if they've got a degree and they've got a good grade in their degree, because it shows you that they're productive. It's indicating to the marketplace yeah. that they're willing to put in the time and resource resources into being productive. Whereas those people who don't, and this is just economic theory. It's not like, you know, necessarily true, but it's something I believe in. If you don't go to university or perhaps you don't get the high grades at school, you're indicating to the marketplace who don't know anything about you yeah. that perhaps you don't make effort. Yeah. You don't put that effort in. Because as an individual, it's very easy to get stuck in this mind frame of seeing things from an individualistic perspective. But yeah, in a, in a business environment where they're not looking necessarily intrinsically at the individual level, they're looking at a multitude of individuals. You need to be able to demonstrate that you have the attitude and the aptitude to excel above the rest. Exactly. And they don't know you. Like, 
you were going for a job, they don't know that they don't know your life story, they don't know your background, they don't know that actually you might be quite your personality, you might be quite hard hard working at work. But obviously, you know, you can show that by the grades you get. What yeah. do you think, Big Lou? Well, if I was an employer, I'd sort of like choose probably experience in a job over grades. But you can't but you always know yourself employ like trying to be on the diggers that you need experience. So, yeah. what you if you were hiring for someone to be a digger driver, you would never choose people like you who at that time had no experience on the diggers. Yeah. And then you yourself know that that's unfair. Well, how are you going to get experience if no one gives me a chance? The trouble is, a lot of people just lie. Fake it till you make it. That's the, that's the advice. Well, I've used that advice before, and it's humorous and it does work in a lot of circumstances, but. Long term, I don't think it's a viable option. What do you think, What's OJ? That? Fake it till you make it. You hear stories that people do it. Some people, I think you have to be really clever to be able to fake it till you make it personally. Yeah. I think you have to be really, pick up stuff really quickly, mm. learn skills really quickly. If you're one of those people, I just don't think it's a good philosophy for everyone. I think <laughs> it, it, it works out for some people. Yeah. I just don't think it works out for all. Another thing, going back to talk about people who talk about maths and they say, ah, oh, it's shit, it's useless, is also people who say, why don't they teach like good things like uh, how to do taxes and how to do this? It's like, yeah, well, if you're in school, if you can't be asked to learn about maths, do you really think you're going to learn about, <laughs> you're gonna learn about taxes? <laughs> yeah, I completely You, you wouldn't agree. pay attention to that either. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you have the mindset of, I don't care, I don't need this, it doesn't matter what they put in front yeah. of you, you're not going to absorb it. No. <laughs> But I, I tell you what, I, I want to just say congratulations to you two boys and myself. I'll give myself a little pat on the back <laughs> because we were worried going into this podcast that we wouldn't make it past 15 minutes. And yet we're about to hit the two hour mark with Fucking no break. Hell. And I think we have just absolutely nailed a load of things on the head. But I can see Lewis is about to fall asleep. I'm I'm looking at I'm looking I've got a channel here that talks about Lewis's heavy breathing and (laughs) it's it's maxed out at a hundred percent for the past hour. It's it's been a deep chat, hasn't it? It's been a ride. But it's been good. So it's been good. Well, we could talk about this forever, but we'll save it for another podcast. So thank you all for listening. This has been a much longer form discussion than others. I hope you've enjoyed it. And we've been your host, George. Lewis. OJ. Take it easy, guys. We'll see you in the next one. Bye. Bye.